0: This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery,
1: part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now.
0: Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, we're going to recap the Falcons game. Georgia is going to win the national championship, and Tyler Algier is having a really good year for the Falcons. We remind you that Hit and Heart is brought to you by Bet Online. We ask you to head to youtube.com, put Locked on Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms to download, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five star review, Roku, and Amazon Fire. You can check us out on those platforms now as well. And, of course, you can follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So, look, yesterday for the Falcons, and and I listened to a lot of talk radio this morning, post-game stuff, you know, Twitter, all the different things. I get it. I understand the frustration, and I was frustrated about the way that game kind of played out. But yesterday was a microcosm of what the NFL is in that Falcons game, right? most games in the NFL are not lopsided blowouts, you know, so often in college, I think Georgia's won by an average of, you know, 23 or 24 points a game in the sec or whatever you know, every week in the NFL is not a lopsided affair. You mix a few of those in, but most games are pretty competitive, right? And in the NFL, it usually comes down to about four to six plays that you win those plays or you lose those plays And that's what determines the game, right? Take yesterday, the Khalil Mack strip on Drake London, the Taquan Graham fumble, right? A missed field goal here. And look, it is what it is. Falcons, of course, lost yesterday in a weird fashion. It's been back-to-back weeks now of weird games for the Atlanta Falcons. Things went right the week before. Things didn't go right this week. Now, there are things that the Falcons did really well on Sunday. They ran the football effectively. I would have liked to have seen them run it maybe a little bit more. They were, of the 60 plays, 35-25 run to pass. By the way, let's update you on the stat line. Remember how I've told you 20 pass attempts is that magic number? When Atlanta has 20 or less pass attempts, the Falcons are now 3-1. and one. When the Falcons have 21 or more pass attempts, they're 1-4 on the season. So, again, I'm not going to say I told you so, but, well, anyway. um, Look, Falcons ran it 35 times for over 200 yards. That's 5.7 yards per attempt. What did we Wouldn't have mind seeing about five less passes, five more runs, especially when you had a couple of chances to kind of do some different things, but again, thought they ran the football effectively. Mariota was fine, right, when it was playing to his strengths, right? What have we said for weeks now on the show? Short, quick route, one read, throw. Short, quick route, one read, throw. Short, quick route, one read, throw. That's where Marietta plays well. When it's drop back, run around, Huck it downfield. Obviously, they couldn't connect with Pitts. Part of that's on Pitts. Part of that's on Mariota. Here's what I know. The ball bounced off the turf. Doesn't really matter whose fault it is. When the ball bounces off the turf, you have to regroup and go back. And they don't hit on those plays. Where they have effectiveness with Mariota in the passing game? Short, quick route, one read, throw. Short, quick route, one read, throw. That's where he excels at. Everything else? Hmm. So, again, it's not Mariota's fault. It's not Arthur Smith's fault. It's not Taquan Graham's fault. It's one of those games in the NFL where those four to six plays that determine a game, the Falcons didn't win on those plays, right? And I know field goals from 50 yards or 50-50 propositions, we feel like we have a really good kicker. We missed the the strip play. Uh, you know, perfect example, Okay. The Chargers have a lot of good defensive personnel. They didn't even have the other Bosa, whatever the hell Bosa that plays for the Chargers. They didn't have him yesterday. But Khalil Mack, Derwin James. Derwin James had a beautiful blitz sack on Mariota, right? Stood outside, waited, got in, hit him, right? Mack, the strip play on London. You know, those kinds of things with those kinds of players are what dictates a game. So I'm not angry. The Falcons are four and five. Is that a game that could have won? Yes. Could they have lost last week? Yes. If you told me before the season that I think that the Falcons would beat the Chargers, no. And I know they had multiple wide receivers out. The two things that concern me about this is we're moving forward in the schedule. One is the pass rush is getting away from the Atlanta Falcons. We're not seeing that pass rush anymore. We're not getting enough at home to the quarterback, put him on the ground, put him on the ground late, things like that. So I'm a little bit concerned about the direction that the pass rush is headed. I'm going to tell you honestly, it's time for Ogun Deji to not start anymore. It's time to start Katie and just let him go off early in the game. And he had about 57% of the snaps. To, I think it was 41-42 for Ogun Deji. But the only start that Katie um, has made, I think is what, the week that uh, Ogun Deji was out, it's time to let him start. Time to let him start. Time to go hunting, right? You got to get a little bit better pass rush in all of this. That's kind of starting to fade away a little bit for the Atlanta Falcons. The other part is their third down defense. You know, after the Chargers were like 0 for 2 to start, I think it was 8 for 14 that they went the rest of the way. They finished at 50%, but it's the type of third downs that this defense is giving up. The third and 10th. You know, th- there was one series. The Chargers had a first and 25 after penalties, Right. Three plays, they picked up a first down. You can't let teams do that. What do we say all the time on the show? Down and distance, down and distance, right? We're going to keep saying these, these buzz phrases, right? Quick, short route, one read, throw. Quick, short route, one read, throw. Down and distance, down and distance. That's the NFL game. That if you can change that up, you don't expect teams to be able to, on first and 25 to pick that up. Chargers did that. They had multiple third and 10, third and 13. They picked that up. So the third down defense is getting to be problematic. I understand we're without our secondary. We don't have either starting corner. But as I explained last week, I think both those guys are going to be out for a while. I don't think A.J. Terrell is going to turn around and play on Thursday night. I don't think we're going to say, maybe he will. Hopefully he does. I'm ready for A.J. Terrell to come back. But you saw with Keenan Allen, he literally said, you know, dealing with that hamstring. I came back early in week seven. I couldn't get it on track during the bye week, and I couldn't play on Sunday. You don't want A.J. Terrell to force it to come back, and then he's out three more weeks because he tweaked it and, and he you know wrecked it again. You don't want all that. Casey Hayward, I think, is going to be out for a while with that with that surgery and everything. So you're going to have to live with the guys that you have. So you're going to have to, again, scheme and coach your way into some of these things. And the third-down defense, and especially on third and long There's just too many of those conversions that this team gives up too many times. They can't get off the field on third down. And I don't care if you're playing the chargers. I don't care if you're playing the Georgia bulldogs. I don't care if you're playing the Carolina Panthers. I don't care if you're playing the 2001 Ravens. If you can't get off the field on third down, you're going to have a hard time in the NFL because teams are going to huck it, throw it, and they're going to do what they have to do. So I'm not frustrated. The good news is it's a quick turnaround, and we get to this thing on Thursday night and put it all behind us. And by the way, the Falcons are a two-point favorite. Now, speaking of which, let's talk about my friends over at Bet Online. You getting ready to get in on the action? Look, I thought Georgia would win in cover. I said that on the college football show I do on Saturday mornings. Guess what Georgia did? They won in cover. Did you get in on the action? Easiest thing to do is to head to BetOnline.net betonline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information you want to get mixed up in the nba college football pro football we just had the world series wrap up mattress mac made 75 million bucks off the world series how'd you do right so get in on the action over at betonline.net check out all of the information that they have to make you a smarter sports wager you want podcast news stats scores all kinds of news and information is available to you at betonline.net. So take that mobile device, it's super easy. Put betonline.net, head over there today, get in on the action, check out all the different things they have available for you to wager on. betonline.net is where the action starts. Now, let's go hot takey a little bit here, right? Let's do a little bit of hot takiness. After that performance from Georgia on Saturday, I'm ready to tell you Georgia's going to win another national title this year. They're going to be the first team since Alabama to repeat and win the national championship this year. That was a complete domination and and lots of different things. First off, number one thing we have to do is recognize how great that crowd was at Sanford Stadium. Not good, not pretty good, not loud. They were excellent. They were epic. They were louder than a jumbo jet airliner if it flew around inside the stadium. The crowd was into it. They were hyped and amped up. And this had been building all week. And Kirby had asked all week to get engaged in all of this. That crowd for Georgia was outstanding. Second thing is, they didn't let Tennessee get off early. What did we say last week? Haymaker, haymaker, haymaker. That's what they want to do. The three big plays that Ed and Hooker had a chance to make did not connect with his wide receivers. They survived that early rush, right? They want to come up, up-tempo, tempo, 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 huck it, huck it, huck it, go, go, score, score. They weren't able to do that. And the Georgia secondary, Keely Ringo in particular, if Keely Ringo, if there was any doubt about whether or not he's a first-round NFL draft pick, um, he showed you on Saturday, he's about to make a whole bunch of money in the NFL because he's a first-round corner. That was an excellent game plan, and Georgia showed you that no matter what the committee thinks, no matter what a BCS computer thinks, no matter what the Harris Poll thinks, they're the best team in college football. Saturday, by the way, became Elimination Saturday in the world of college football. Clemson, bye-bye. Alabama, bye-bye. And most likely Georgia, if they don't stub their toe in the games that Look, with all due respect to Kentucky, they're going to beat Kentucky. I think this week going to Mississippi State, is one of the games that might be probably the toughest on the schedule. Georgia Tech, first of all, doesn't count as an SEC game, but they ain't losing a Tech either. Look, the way the schedule plays out, Georgia's going to head to the SEC championship game. Tennessee's still in the mix, I think, for a playoff spot. But you look at Clemson getting blown out. You look at Alabama losing. Look at Tennessee losing. That hurts their chances. It was elimination Saturday, not for the Bulldogs. And they came out and they showed, and what was it, four passes in the second half? What do we talk about? Can the Georgia run game make hay against Tennessee? Tennessee came in as the number nine rushing defense in the country. I thought there was a little bit of fool's gold to that. Thought they played all right. I mean, once the weather conditions got bad and it bogged down, Georgia ran for 130 yards, only had the one touchdown and three and a half yards per carry. But the Georgia running game was effective in what it needed to do. Helped eat up clock and eat up time. And I know the score says that it was uh, 27 to 13 Tennessee got a junk touchdown late. Tennessee was never in that game after Georgia came out and pounded and pounded and pounded him. And the one thing I I wonder about is after Tennessee had that kind of shanked punt, like a 30 something yard punt, right? And Georgia got the ball on the 37 yard line of Tennessee and it was one play, huck it downfield, Ladd McConkey touchdown. I wonder if Munkin and Kirby would have dialed that play up a year or two ago. I don't think they would have. I think that's the trust and the faith in what Stetson has done and in those moments and what he can do that they trusted him to go out there and execute that play. And they did. And I thought that was the backbreaker was 37, uh, 36 or whatever it was yard punt. Georgia gets the ball at the Tennessee 37 and one play, whoop, touchdown. So I'm going to tell you right now, you look at the combination of offense and defense. Georgia's the best team in the country. Ohio State had their struggles over the weekend playing Northwestern in what was a ridiculous weather game—50 mile-an-hour winds, where neither team scored a single point into the wind on Saturday. They struggled to beat Northwestern. Michigan beat Rutgers. That's like beating up your, you know, it's your younger brother. You know, when you're 15 and he's three. Rutgers is awful. Georgia's the number one team in the nation, and they showed you. And think about this, by the way, too. For all the good that Michigan's done, when's the last time they lost? Oh, yeah, when they got rocked by Georgia. Think about all of the good that Oregon has done. They're in the mix for a playoff spot. When's the last time they lost? Oh, yeah, that's right, Mercedes-Benz against Georgia. Tennessee's had a great year, right? Maybe they're still in, maybe they're not. When's the last time? Oh, yeah, Saturday to Georgia. So think about Michigan, Tennessee, Oregon. three teams that are still smack dab square in the middle of we can be a playoff team. Guess what they all have in common? The last time all three of those teams lost was to the University of Georgia. And by the way, the the, the third to last time that Alabama lost was to the University of Georgia after they got beat by LSU on Saturday. They're, the, the third loss that they've had, you know, or second loss, I should say, since Georgia beat them in the national championship. So I think Georgia has delineated itself. I expect the committee is going to have them at number one. There shouldn't be any doubt. There shouldn't be any doubt that Georgia showed you that they are the best. I'm going to say this. They're the best coached football team in America right now. They are the best coached football team in America right now. Kirby's got it rocking and rolling. They have all the star power. Remember the questions about the Georgia secondary going into this year? Remember the questions about could they replace those guys? They came into that game with 10 sacks and had seven in that game on Saturday. Every single question that you could have asked or thought about Georgia, they answered it on Saturday against Tennessee. That wasn't a good performance. That was a great performance. And I believe now when you look at the field, you think Georgia can't beat Michigan? You think Georgia can't beat Ohio State? You think Georgia can't beat LSU? You think Georgia can't beat Oregon? You think Georgia can't beat TCU? I don't know what the betting odds, the betting lines, and all this, that, and the other. I don't know what all of those favorites are and this, that, and the other. But Georgia should be the favorite to win the national championship at this point. I don't care what their stats say. When you watch them on the field and you watch how they dictated that game, the way they blew out Oregon, the way they dictated that game. Well, but they struggled against Kent State. Who cares? When the spotlight gets turned on to Georgia and the moment is at its biggest and brightest, they always come through. And this is such a drastic, and I hate to say it this way, and I know it's going to sound bad, but the way that this program looks under Kirby Smart versus the way that they looked in the last couple few years under Mark Richt, Is drastic. It's stark. So, all the questions that Georgia had secondary, pass rush, this, that, NFL talent being replaced what's their trust in their offense? All of these things check, 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 check. They're checking off and marking off everything one by one. It's an amazing accomplishment. The Georgia Bulldogs are not only the best team in the country right now, I'm telling you, they're going to repeat as national champion. And I know they still got games to play, an SEC title game and all that, but I do firmly believe right now, if you give me Georgia or the field, I'll take Georgia right now because they've earned the trust of being the best team in the country in the biggest and best moments. All right, we'll remind you, we thank you for making uh, Hitting Hard with John Trucker your first listen. Don't forget, your second listen should be Locked on Sports today. Check out that podcast, The Biggest Stories of the Day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day as well. Locked On Sports Today is available on the Odyssey app. They have their YouTube page free and available on all of your favorite platforms. Check them out today after you've listened to us.
1: This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. homeshef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: So let's talk about Tyler Algier for the Atlanta Falcons. What a start that he has had. 10 rushes, 99 yards yesterday, had the big 40 some odd run. Now, Let's look at the numbers and let's put it in a little bit of perspective, okay? Falcons have played nine games. Remember, Algier was not active in week one. Remember that? Go all the way back to week one of the NFL season. He was not active that week. And so he's only played in eight games for the Atlanta Falcons. So in the eight games that Tyler Algier has played, 94 carries, 423 rushes, rushing yards. Excuse me. He's got the one touchdown. What I like, number one, four and a half yards per carry on the season. That's big. And, and I know it's not going to blow you away, but he's got six receptions for 95 yards out of the backfield with a touchdown as well. And he's picked up five first downs in the six catches that he's made. So if we, with eight games left, just double that number because that's all he's played, right? He didn't play in week one. So if you just double his production for the rest of the year in the remaining eight games that the Atlanta Falcons have, and I don't see that there's a reason why they're going to slow down using him. You know, again, the Patterson beat-up factor, can Caleb Huntley keep things going? I don't think they're going to change what they do about using Tyler Algier in both the run and the pass game. So double his numbers, and you're talking about a guy who's going to finish potentially with over 800 yards rushing, couple of touchdowns, a dozen catches for a couple of hundred yards and a couple of touchdowns as well. Now, where would that put Tyler Algier as far as rookie rushing records? I'm glad you asked that question. Would it surprise anybody to know that the single, now this is based upon draft picks for the Atlanta Falcons. I have not gone through, you know, first year guys that are free agents or undrafted free agents or anything like that. As far as guys that the Atlanta Falcons have drafted in their history. The rookie rushing record, the most rushing yards by a draft pick for the Atlanta Falcons was, no surprise, William Andrews in 1979, who had 1,023 yards, 39 receptions, and he had five total touchdowns. That wouldn't surprise you. Who's number two on that list? Tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. The second most rushing yards by a drafted running back for the Atlanta Falcons is Jarius Norwood in 2006, the third round draft pick. Remember, they didn't have a first round draft pick that year. And remember, one year later, that would be Rich McKay's final draft after he took Jamal Anderson and not the good running back Jamal Anderson, the defensive lineman out of Arkansas, who literally had the worst rookie season I've ever seen in my entire life. But we don't want to get down that road again. And the 07 season is just a a nightmare as it is. But Jarius Norwood in 2006, had 633 rushing yards. He caught 12 balls and had two total touchdowns that season. So I don't think there's much doubt that Tyler Algier is going to finish with the second most rushing yards ever by a Falcons rookie running back draft pick. And, and he's been a guy that has been dependable, able to rely on, and he's getting better and better and better. You know, you know, He's not the fastest guy in the league. He doesn't, you know, run it up, whatever, 4 one forty or whatever like that. But he's tough, fighting between the tackles. He gets it done. He's got a nose for finding the hole. And we know how well, like, this has been a top five run-blocking offensive line the Falcons have. Go look on Pro Football Focus. They're top five in the NFL as far as run-blocking grades go. So I like the fact that Algier can fight and give you some tough yards. I like the fact that he catches a few balls out of the backfield and he gets some chunk yardage plays out there. And, you know, let's give credit to Steve Weish, who before the season started, and I had Steve on my radio show and talked to him a couple different times, he said that the Falcons expect and think that Tyler Algier can be a big part of what they do this year. And the Falcons may not probably have a 1,000-yard runner this year, but they're going to have three guys – who probably run for, let's say, six to 900 yards this year. They might run for a couple of thousand yards this year. That's a ridiculous stat, I understand, but they might have, with Mariota figured in, they might run for a couple of thousand yards. And Algier is a big part of that. And I think just because you saw yesterday with Patterson back, and I know it's his first game, and I know they didn't want to overwork him and things like that. I thought eight rushes, Three or four receptions for Patterson would be the number. You know, he got 13 carries and then he got only the one reception. But you saw they split him out wide, right? And with Algier in the backfield, they're able to do some of that stuff with Patterson. So I think Algier is going to be a big part of their offense, continue to move forward. And one thing about November, if I could quote my buddy Hugh Douglas, as you get into November, and the schedule gets later and teams start to get eliminated and the weather gets colder. You know what happens in the running game for defenses guys start making business decisions to quote my buddy, Hugh Douglas guys start making business decisions at this time of year as the calendar moves into November. And so Tyler Algier has been everything I think we could have hoped for. I wasn't, I didn't know what really to expect. I thought, okay, maybe if he gives us five to 600 yards, Maybe he scores three or four touchdowns in the running game. Maybe he catches, you know, 15, 20 passes. Okay, I'll take all of that. Well, he's doing that. He's doing that. And I don't think he's going to break William Andrews' record running for 1,023 yards. I don't think that's that's going to happen. But you like the way that he runs. You like the fact that if this allows them to use Cordero Patterson, more split out, more wide out, different types of things like that. If they're able to use Patterson more in their passing game, if you want to keep his legs fresh, right? And obviously coming off the surgery and everything, you want to try to keep him fresh. Then Tyler Algier is that nice complimentary back. And give a little bit of love to Caleb Huntley as well. He's done a really nice job as well. They didn't miss too much of a beat in their running game, even without Patterson. But you see, like I made a joke on Twitter yesterday. Between Huntley, Algier, and Patterson, those guys run as if Arthur Blank is only paying them by the yard that they make. Like they look like guys who only get paid based upon the number of yards that they make because they run hard, they run at you, they run you over. That touchdown run by Patterson yesterday—he ran over a guy that I joked that that dude's got that guy's got a family. That that guy that guy got bulldozed over by Patterson. That guy's got a family. He's got to support he takes more hits like that from Patterson he won't be around much longer and I kind of joke and jest and all that but again Tyler Algier for a fifth round pick has been I think everything you could have asked for in more he's been a very nice complimentary piece he's having himself a really good season and if Tyler Algier ends up with 800 yards four touchdowns a dozen passes caught I don't think you could have asked for anything more out of him I think he's been a pleasant surprise this year, and I'll give Steve Weiss credit. He was right that this is one of those things that they expected to use Tyler Algier. They're getting the most out of him for all of this. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Trek your first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second podcast listen. Instant reactions, big stories of the day, big game recaps, and the take of the day. They are free and available on Odyssey YouTube, or any place that you get your podcast from, don't forget, head to youtube.com, find our page, Locked on Sports Atlanta, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us for free today. Leave us a five-star review. Roku and Amazon Fire, yes. Check us out on those platforms as well. Check us out there. And of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free
0: on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.